looking for an apartment sucks wherever you live. People in New York will say, oh, it's so hard to find an apartment here. It's hard to find an apartment anywhere. It stinks. You have your mandatories. You have the things that you won't compromise on. You have the things that you don't care about. Like, let's say, oh, I need a dishwasher. I need a dishwasher. I can't live without a dishwasher. I don't care if I don't have a washer and dryer. Some people feel the exact opposite. Some people don't need any amenities. Some people need an elevator. Some people don't. That's so beautiful. We all need different things. And that's why Apartments.com has an app where you can literally use it to tell it what you need and what you don't need. And it tells you, oh, apartments. Here's some. So instead of looking through every single rental listing you possibly can in the neighborhoods you want, you set and forget, like in that old rotisserie grill ad, you set and forget what you want and Apartments.com will let you know when an apartment that matches what you want appears on the market. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking are listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments.com's instant alerts mean you can spend less time online looking for the perfect place and more time doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. You will drain us. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And this is Amy Robach. Rohrbach? Rohrbach? I already forgot what her name is. Robach. <laughs> Amy Robach. Um, that's how quickly the story is like drifting away from consciousness. Uh, talking to the Daily Mail as they really got at her in front of her apartment in New York this morning. Here it is. Morning. How are you? You guys really need to get a live. I'm sorry. It's kind of over now. Thanks. Thank you. Nice dog. In case you couldn't hear that, she said, you guys really need to get a life. I'm sorry. It's over now. And so <laughs> her saying it's over now to a Daily Mail reporter received this headline exclusive Amy Robach tells dailymail.com it's kind of over now as she is seen for the first time since being taken off the air as her secret affair with GMA co-host TJ Holmes Sorry, was exposed. I think they're misquoting her. She never says what's over. She kind that her She's saying like, the buzz it's is over, over. Yeah, she why why do people assume the relationship is over? I She's saying that, like the whole thing's over. Well, that's what that's kind of what this story is saying. I think they that's don't really a misread. Know. Well, I think that they're deliberately sort of being like, we're not saying what she's referring to, but we're going to get you to click it. And it worked on me. I think I was this like, headline she said it's over? implies that their relationship is over. But the way that she says it, she's like, she could mean one of 4,000 things being over. Yeah. Like, get over it. Or like, the whole this whole stupid thing is over. Not, we're done dating. We're not together anymore. I think what she means is, People caring about this is over. The intrigue is I over. I don't know if that's true, but, you know, uh, I, she's obviously annoyed that they're, like, essentially stalking her now. It sucks. And also, they kind of got what they wanted, as in, like, the Daily Mail. They got her off the air, at least temporarily. I mean, I don't know what the Daily Mail... I don't think the Daily Mail wants anything like that. I think, if anything, they'd want her on air because it's just more content. I don't think the Daily Mail has, like, that sort of, like aim to get her off the air my favorite thing about this story actually is in one of the photos that they took of her walking her dog this morning i think um it's captioned casually dressed in a jean jacket white shirt and high-waisted khaki pants she spoke through gritted teeth and it was unclear whether robach 49 was expressing frustration at the ongoing furor or referring to the relationship that sparked it all in the first place <laughs> it's just like their captions are like none other yeah and then, but like they're right like it is unclear what she said even though you're quoting her implying a yes. certain thing 
they caught her caught her they captured her getting into like a, a car i guess going to work or going somewhere and the caption yeah. is robot could be seen stepping into a car which drove her away no one no one narrates situations like the daily mail i'm just always in awe of this of this language of these captions i just can't believe they took them off the air that was the best thing that they had going literally any every who has cared about good morning america 3 Literally, the third segment of Good Morning America. This is airing at like, what, 11 a.m. at this point? And <laughs> 11 people or noon actually or cared and said, we might watch the third hour of Good Morning America. You know, we... they had their Kathy and Hoda. And they said, no, we're prude. We're lame. We're pathetic. We don't want ratings. It's like, get a life. Wow, Lindsay, they should put you they should put you in charge of Max. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. I don't know. It's just like, finally, you have some entertainment. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'd love to see these people play off each other. I would have maybe watched. I don't know. I'm up by then. I don't think we would. <laughs> 11 a.m. I don't. <laughs> Barely. We. Um, Not up we for the first talked hour about of Good Morning America. Good Morning America. Yeah, no one's up for the first hour of Good Morning America except my mom. We hadn't talked about Good Morning America since Kiki was a co-host. Literally, like it no had been one literally years. And finally, you have two people causing a little controversy. And you said, we're taking them off the air because two we're absolutely Puritans. We're absolutely Puritan. Two sexy people being sexy and flirty. And ABC said, we can't deal with this. Yeah, really. Really. We can't deal really with this. Really ridiculous. Here's the actual breaking news before this was put in the Daily Mail this morning. We were going to open with this call because you are listening to Who's There, a weekly call in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. This is the best call of the week. We're opening with it. Hey, this is uh, Congressman-elect Maxwell Frost from Florida, uh, the Gen Z member of Congress. My friend Gabby listens to your podcast and uh, sent me the clip about y'all talking about me. Um, and just wanted to call in and say thank you. Hope everything's well. Glad you were appreciating uh, my Twitter and fan culture. I made it a choice not to clear my Twitter because I really wanted – um, after we won, or, you know, I really wanted people to be able to go back and just see that, like, a normal person. I think it's part of helping to demystify politics and politicians and everything like that. And always love to tweet about my music takes and pop culture takes. Uh, but I want to clear two things up, too. Dressing as uh, Greta Gerwig was amazing. I have to give props to my girlfriend, Jamie. I had a big bud press uh, jump pink jumpsuit that I wore on Halloween, not connected to anything. And she was like, look, you look like Greta Gerwig in this photo. And I was like, oh, my God, yes. So then I sourced some beats, and I got the pen, and I, like, you know, had to, had to do it. I had to do it, and that's why we made the post. And then the other one uh, with the Bad Baby, Nicki Minaj, Cardi B tweet, I mean, Bad Baby's nowhere near Nicki Minaj and Cardi B. No flack, no hate, um, but, you know, Billboard was wrong for that. But you know what the funny thing is? On my InstaFest thing where it gives you, like, a, like a festival lineup, um, of all the music you listen to, I get it, and I don't know if I'm gonna post it. Maybe it's, it'll already be posted by now, if when you're listening to this. But that baby is on it, <laughs> and I don't really listen to her. I mean, I I, I swear I don't. I, I not that I'm ashamed. I don't really care. But um, it's just that tweet is funny because she's literally on the music festival lineup. I mean, I guess I like Gucci flip flops a little bit. I guess I've heard that a few times. I might have gone through a Gucci flip flops phase, but either way. Crunch, crunch. I'm moving to Florida's 10th congressional <laughs> district, I guess. I just looked up where Florida's 10th congressional district is, and I'm like, I'm not moving to Florida's 10th congressional district. Or, it's Orlando, it's like, right? Orlando. Well, it's like half of Orlando and then like central yeah. Florida, like a little bit of yeah. central Florida. You yeah. know, you could be closer to your parents. 
That's nice. They're in like the Tampa zone. Like I'm, I'd, I'd be near like Disney. I'd be closer Still to Disney. Closer. You know? Okay, well, you'd be closer sure. to. Will you be closer to All our right. friends who won't be named who love Disney? You know, <laughs> be nice. Yeah, I'm literally moving to fake <laughs> Pandora. <laughs> the I double check. I mean, we don't have any way of like, oh, Maxwell, is this you? It is a. It's an Orlando area code. I will say it's an Orlando area code, and, and I, this sounds like Maxwell Frost. I would say like shout out to the person who just did like full on, very convincing writing acting cosplay of a congressional <laughs> like elect a congressman <laughs> congressman who I, I think that was him i don't know he just he debunked some of our assumptions he is a bad yeah. baby stan i would say releasing your um spotify wrapped with bad baby would have gotten you not elected but i'm so I'm glad you didn't do that <laughs> you would have lost until after your election because you might have lost <laughs> you would have been caught outside the capital because you wouldn't have gotten in good job that's that's okay that's yeah. okay uh-huh. no i think he uh-huh. is the only congress person who has bad baby on their end of the year spotify list i can't believe the Great. iconic Happy gen z congressman called our podcast we are a gen z podcast turns out yeah mm, at least partly yeah. we're two millennials speaking to gen z, gen z. we're also speaking to millennials we're speaking no. to both no we're not we're not speaking to gen x no. No, I only speak to Gen X and Gen Z. I'm skipping millennials altogether. Gen X? I don't and think you Gen belong Z. here. I speak no, up. I know. I speak down. <laughs> I, I do think I do Sorry. think Gen X. Sorry. We do have some Gen X listeners. I'm actually aware of, of a handful of them. So I I speak I, to I'm, the greatest generation. I speak to Gen X and I spend to speak to Gen Z. Everyone else, you can see the doors. The door is there. Who else is alive from other generations? <laughs> Those are the only generations left. A boomers. The boomers, yeah. the boomers and millennials. I skip millennials. I only mm. speak Gen Z, Gen X. Okay. Maybe I'll speak to A, AAA, or whatever. I speak up and I speak down. Bobby speaks to millennials. I speak to millennials. I speak to millennials. I think almost exclusively. I, I mean, I am a millennial. That's true. It's like all your friends. It's maybe it's exclu- it's it's millennials, and also I think maybe the greatest generation. I'm speaking to the old timers here. You really you know? are. You did go to a Golden Girls pop up, and you did speak to the Lindsay, greatest generation. It was awful. <laughs> You did speak to the ghosts of the greatest generation. It's more of a Patreon conversation. Who Weekly Patreon.com slash Who Weekly. Also subscribe in the Apple Podcast app. I thought my joke was good. You can repeat that if you want. He said, he texted, I'm going to a Golden Girls pop-up dinner. And I said, are the girls popping up from the dead? And then I got annoyed and I was like, please don't disrespect my Golden Girls pop-up. And then I went and it wasn't <laughs> very good. It. No offense. So then you went back to the joke and you said it was actually funny. Because you were like. Yeah, it was pretty Dude. funny. Okay. It was pretty funny. DLP, I am calling about uh, young Sheldon and Rabia. I'm guessing you might have gotten a few calls about this, but um, their connection is through Patrick Hines of the podcast True Crime Obsessed. Um, His daughter, Daisy, is apparently best friends with young Sheldon. So, yeah, there you go. Crunch, crunch. Bye. We actually did get a lot of calls about this, and it sounds Painful. correct. Great. I mean, why do you hate this so much? Why do you hate this connection so it's much? Like, it's a, this podcast knows this podcast, who knows this podcast, who knows this podcast, and the podcast is called True Crime Obsessed. And I'm like, okay, none of this applies to me. <laughs> <laughs> I do like, I, I like a story about a podcaster knowing a podcaster, because in many instances, podcasters do know other podcasters, but I, in the same way that 
when you go to like a certain school or you're from a certain town and you're having a conversation about that place and someone goes, oh, do you know my friend like Bill who also went to this place? And it's like, no, I don't know your friend Bill just because we're both from San Antonio or whatever. I've had that happen with podcast spaces and it's like, oh, well, do you know Exhost? And it's like, well, no, that's not really how it works. There's not like a a community space that we all go to for lunch in the afternoon, you know? I mean, is there? Okay, there's there one not? community. There's one community space. No, it the is overlap funny. is pretty small. There's one community <laughs> space. Okay. Okay. God. Okay. Okay. That we we figured it out. Well, they figured it out. True crime obsessed. That's why they know each other almost certainly. Next comment, which makes me just want to collapse. Hi, VLT. Uh, long time, long time. Um, just had to pause the pod and call to say. Steve Perry uh, from Journey is not dead. He doesn't get along with the band, and I encourage you to look at his Wikipedia, which was probably written by him. Anyway, very funny. But he's not dead. He's just a brat. So, crunch, crunch. So, oh, I killed Steve, Steve Perry. You said, I added, so I we're, we're both Steve at fault Perry. for this. You said Steve Perry is dead, and I, I didn't know. correct I assumed, you. And even in the edit, I, just I didn't assumed- cut it. Did you know that he was alive this whole time? He's I guess I did to too. I've band. seen the documentary or whatever. I just knew that he I wasn't know. in the picture anymore. So we just assumed he was dead. Sorry. <laughs> if you're not in the picture anymore, you're dead. I'm. I don't know. I assumed. I just was. I was thinking Freddie Mercury. I was like, okay, so they lost their lead singer mm-hmm. and they hired a new one. But well, he's alive and he's got some solo stuff. And I urge you to check it out. Because you I do? killed Steve Perry. I don't know. I haven't listened to it, but I probably should because I killed him. So I should pay my respects by listening to his music. How could I forget? No erasing. I felt this once before. No erasing. No, no offense to Journey, but. I mean, excuse me, no okay. offense to Steve Perry, but there's there's no way his solo stuff is good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> also, like, I mean, I just also feel, like, so grateful that we're out of the, like, journey revival era of our culture. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It lasted so long. But the thing is, they're still touring. They're still doing no, it. With I'm their happy new guy, for them. But in terms of, like, the culture, I just feel like we were really, we, we had them. We brought them back again. Glee's fault, probably, or other Sopranos things as too. well. And yeah, and karaoke brought mm-hmm. him back a little bit, and that, and then I think we, I can't have them back again. We're done. Okay. You reject them. The next moment in culture when like season six of Wednesday does something oh with my Journey, God. you're gonna say no. When some eight year old no. soundtracks a clip of Wednesday season fourteen with open arms, I'm just I can't, I can't do it again. And I like that song, but I can't. Gen Z is going to discover Journey at some point, and you have to be ready for that. It's going to happen. I'm not. Oh, my Every God. generation discovers Journey in their well, time. Well, they're rewatching Glee. They can come upon it on their own time and let me know if it if it reaches me. I'll say, no, I've been there. I've done that. No, thank you. Steve Perry died. <laughs> he didn't die, but dead to me. Hey, BLT. Long time, long time. Um, just wanted to add on to question 10 of the holiday um, movie quiz is that you're talking about some nepotism, but it's fun to note that the star of Menorah in the Middle is also nepotism. Jonah Platt is Ben Platt's brother. Okay, crunch, crunch, me and Grease, 
Bye. Wait, the stars of Menorah in the Middle are Ben Platt's brother, Jonah, uh-huh. and yeah. Danny DeVito's daughter, Lucy. <laughs> Thanks to a bunch of old Jews who would rather starve than eat a black and white cookie your family didn't bake. <laughs> but um, they're getting old. My parents? <laughs> they're customers. And uh, the younger generations, they leave for college and never look back. I'm part of the problem. What? No, that that's no. You have a great life in Chicago. With Chad. Oh, uh, we gotta get home. It's almost sundown. Oh. Time to rock the dreidel. It's <laughs> funny that we missed that. It's really funny that we missed that. It's like double nepotism. Although sibling nepotism is a little bit different. There is a little bit more nuance there. I've seen Lucy DeVito well, in a play. It's not, she was great. It's still normal nepotism because they both have famous, powerful fathers. Mark Platt. Being the kid of somebody famous like is more likely going to be positive for your career. Being the sibling of somebody mm-hmm. famous can actually be quite bad. <laughs> well, I'm saying that they are nepotism in the same way that Ben Platt is nepotism oh, in that which is also questionable nepotism they have famous like i know that they're siblings of he's ben platt's sibling and he's less famous than his fa- famous air quote sibling but he still has a famous and powerful father just like the DeVito yeah Curly. their dad's a broadway producer i still kind of don't count that as like nepotism. And movie producer nepotism. sure okay mark platt all right well you know, shouldn't jonah he's, platt he's be a in a bigger movie than menorah in the middle if the nepotism was so strong nepotism Sorry. can only take you so far I'm you just saying, I'm just saying, a lot of people, we're, we're screaming nepotism all over the place, and I just want mm-hmm. us to be a little bit more subtle and nuanced in our observations, because there's so many things going on. Can I read you this one, um, can I read you this one thing from one of those, you know, those websites that just scrub stuff and then redoes it via AI, and then it's all yeah, just I trash? That. I love okay. those websites. This is from a website that where every, every possible image is pixelated, like even the logo, this is from 24-7 News Around the World. they translate it into Yiddish and they translate it back, of course. My favorite website. <laughs> okay. 24-7 News Around the World.com. As Lindsay said, translated into Yiddish and translated back. Um, and then mm-hmm. put through some sort of weird mm-hmm. AI machine. Has the headline from July 28th, 2022. Um, the byline is just 24-7 News Around the World. There's, <laughs> there's no human here. And it says, trending, are Jonah Platt and Ben Platt related, colon, how many siblings does the uncoupled actor have? <laughs> the uncoupled actor, he's engaged now, by the way, so this is outdated. Yeah, no, I know. How I many know. siblings does the uncoupled oh, actor did... have? <laughs> Wait, they mean uncoupled, oh, I thought they were referring to like the name of a project. No, they just mean he's single. <laughs> they, were saying, they were just were using a synonym for single. Oh, maybe it did mean the show Uncoupled with Neil Patrick Harris. Yes, that's what single. I thought. <laughs> oh, I'm so stupid. That's what I thought. Okay, <laughs> that's okay, what I thought. Wait, my next he's question in the show stands. Uncoupled. He's in the show Uncoupled. I thought they were calling him Uncoupled. I thought no, they were calling I... Ben Platt single, and I was like, wow, no, the, the, the AI machine know. really messed up. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, I'm he, sorry. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot the Neil Patrick Harris Netflix sitcom Uncoupled. Well, oh, the sad thing is oh, I didn't. I oh. didn't. <laughs> Oh wow! You really, you really twisted that. You really, you really took your L and you said, "I'm turning, I'm turning it to." Also, people also ask: Are Ben Platt and Jonah Platt related? Are the Platt brothers really brothers? And what age is Ben Platt? Okay, are the Platt brothers really brothers? 
Now listen, there's another Platt, Henry Platt. We're not talking about him. Jonah Platt. What's the first thing I Googled when I found out about Jonah Platt? I typed in Jonah Platt space, another word. Gay? Gay. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I <laughs> typed in Jonah Platt gay. He's not He's not gay. He's okay. straight. All right. He's married well, to someone. He's married to someone named Courtney. They have kids. His, his, I don't know if it would have been a win if, if he would have been gay, but his God Instagram... chose one Platt, and <laughs> that Platt was Ben to be gay. Okay, Jonah Platt, actor, writer, director, producer, MD, arranger, composer, lyricist. Okay, oh, I don't okay. know why I'm we're done. still talking about him. I don't know either. Okay, next call. Hi, um, I just left a message about Je- uh, Jesse J. Just to follow up, I did a quick Google. Michelle Visage, Visage, I can't speak. Then later i think recently did her own podcast the previous podcast was with rupaul did a podcast with jesse J where they like have a chat i'm assuming they're gonna cover the fact that she was like blasting her um i still kind of believe jesse J isn't that great but there we go um but i would also recommend if you haven't seen this you should look up jesse J shreds bang bang on youtube um and just to write a laugh. So here's what happened. When Mel B mentioned Jesse J in her list of rudest celebrities that included James Corden. Okay, yeah. And, and Jerry. Hallowell. And Jerry, which was a joke. Her, and herself. Her coworker. Yeah. In that clip, which I put in the episode, as she says, Jesse J is already laughing. So people, I think, didn't really notice the Jesse J. But this caller was like, oh, Michelle Visage has been mean to Jesse J in the past and said she was very cold and an asshole. So that is from an interview she did with none other than Gay Times in 2020. Um, they asked Michelle, what was it like being on a panel with Nicki Minaj? And she just, oh, she's obsessed with Nicki Minaj. She's like, it's unbelievable. She's amazing. And then I'm going to quote her directly. When superstars come in, it's you, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know if you're going to be, if they're going to be standoffish, not nice, a total cold person like Jesse J was to us when we did the tour in Australia. But Nikki, she was amazing. And so I guess Jesse J finds out about this and is mad about it, privately stewing for two years, because she came on Michelle's podcast this past April, and they talked about it instantly. Here's the clip. Oh my god. I've never heard. I did not know this happened. Today I'm joined by someone who I have looked up to for many years. She's much younger than me, but her voice is a vocal powerhouse. Um, she is a perfect example of a rule breaker. I am talking about the one and only Jessie J. Jessie. It's so nice to see you again. Nice to see you too. Yeah. You know, the first time we met was yucky on my part. So we should just get that out of the way. No, I mean, I don't I don't actually remember mm-hmm. like how I was. But your experience of me is your experience of me. It, it, but the problem was I didn't get to experience you. And part of that is got nothing to do with you. Yeah. It was in Australia. You know, you had so many people around you yeah. that kept you away. And I was so excited because I had been a fan of yours for a very long time. Yeah. So when that happened, I was like, well, I didn't even get to say hi. I didn't even get to say hello. Yeah. I got to introduce her and that was it. So we talked since then. Was it in a nightclub at Luna no. Park? No. It was. Uh, do you remember? Oh it was God, the Drag was Race it? tour, and you were doing yes, the and voice. I, and I wore a PVC. I always remember from what, what I'm you're wearing. wearing. How yeah. bad is that? Just to give you some insight, both my grandparents just died, Aww. and I'd just been told I couldn't have children, and I was really struggling, and I didn't want to be in Australia. And you performed through that. Well, I was just on tour. I was just working, and then I went for a breakup, and I was just in a really bad place. So meeting people, I was just—I know that my team probably consciously or like 
I don't remember saying I don't want to see anyone, but I remember there was a period of time where everyone just kind of went, just leave her be. So it might have been around that. It was it was in Australia, so that would make sense. This yeah. was a Luna Park. But yeah, I apologize for not, you know. Okay, I'm stopping this. I it, the there's crazy, so many the, layers of like the layer what of the this, fuck are going on. If Michelle Visage says part, one more time, I look up to this woman. It's like no, you don't. Like that's <laughs> not a thing. Like no okay, one else has ever called this beautiful. woman a rule breaker. Yeah, like she's not. Like, what are you talking about? Whatever. Mm-hmm. I love I love Jesse J for many reasons, but like the way that you're describing her is like we're not talking about the same person. Yes. I cannot believe that Michelle Visage gets headlines for calling Jesse J rude, and then two years later, Jesse J is like, both of my grandparents died yeah. that day that I was rude to you, or that right. time that I was rude to you. And I have Sorry. no idea and don't remember like what you're talking about or what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it's just so... Who are you? What is this podcast? What am I yeah, doing where here? Where am is I? Is there still a pandemic? Am I in Australia? <laughs> Oh, my God. So that's what happened. Michelle Visage really laid it on thick in that interview. Um, Respect to her. She really did. She really did. That takes a level of composure and an amount of benzos that I'm incapable of having and and, and, and ingesting. So congrats to her. Not Bobby Finger and Lindsay Weber making an appearance on This American Life, naming cats Greg. Uh, Crunch, crunch. The amount of people... (laughs) <laughs> who are just like, did I hear you talking about some weird shit on NPR? And I'm like, did you? <laughs> did you? It was our appearance from Normal Gossip that had been mm-hmm. reworked into a This American Life segment. I have to say, a little bit more editorialized than we were expecting. It's very interesting that they took a piece that already had been editorialized and kind of redid it to fit their theme, right? And mm-hmm. we were involved in it. And I was just like, wow, in this version, we come off like the real gossip mongers. I know. You know? <laughs> it's weird to hear your voice. It's weird to hear yourself introduced by someone with the This American, this American Life American cadence. Life voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it, Lindsay Weber and Bobby Finger, two podcasters who host the podcast two weekly, or are also in celebrity gossip. And then it cuts to us and we're like, mm, so like this and then like this and then like, you know, this and then this fucking happens and this fucking happens. It's just... All of those embellishments are crystallized and even built upon in the fourth iteration of the story, which is sort of tag team told by Bobby Finger and Lindsay Weber, who host another gossip podcast called Who Weekly. We're uh, honestly, honestly uh, thrilling. Honestly thrilling. It's Thank funny. you for Normal it's Gossip. Funny. Thank you to Alex and um, Kelsey for even having us on Normal Gossip because it wouldn't have happened without it. So. No, and thank you for This American Life for recognizing that we're huge gossip mongers, you know? Yes, yes. And that we really uh, know how to shake up the story. Sorry. Yeah. We had to shake it up. Hi, Weekly. Long time, long time. Um, stay with me here because I'm very sick. And this may not make full sense of the call, but I'm looking at the uh, Reasons to Love New York uh, cover of New York Magazine. and funny because I know that there's like like the point is we're supposed to recognize people on this cover I can't tell if I'm supposed to recognize every person on this cover but um who like am I one am I supposed to know who everyone is like not me but like are these all famous people or some of these people just Nas like who's the falling lady is that enough or is that someone? Uh, and then I guess, like, 
who are some of the hooiest folks on this cover? Like, uh, who are some some that aren't Nas, but like maybe some people I didn't recognize? And then who are the demiest? I don't know. There's so much I feel like that can be done with this cover. I love Miss Julia Fox front and center next to Paul Rudd, though. Does that make her or them? I recognized her more quickly than anyone else. Okay, thank you, Grunge Grunge. This cover really came as close as magazine covers get to breaking the internet these days. Like, people could not stop talking about this cover. It's people beautiful. Stop it's fantastic. About, it's gorgeous. It's, it's the, the, the mechanism that created it is impressive. I think this cover is successful because you're not really supposed to know unless yeah. you know. You either know or you don't know. And if you know, you live in New York, you're aware of kind of these like New York based tastemakers, which are mostly, honestly, restaurateurs, art galleryists, uh, fashion artists. designers, <laughs> artists, like, you know, writers, da, da, da. Like, that's the point of this. I think they sprinkled in a few celebrities to prove the point. It's like a lot of famous people live in New York. Like, that's the mm-hmm. kind of element of, like, the true mix of things. But you're not really supposed to know the everyone. Like, that's the whole that's the whole point. And I'm not going to be like, oh, there are Nas or there are Who's. It's like a certain type of New Yorker that they're going for. I think they succeeded. It's like the personality. You know what I mean? If you know who Marilyn Minter is, you know who Marilyn Minter is. If you never heard of her, there's a really good chance you've never heard of her. Like, does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Like, it's, it's different than just kind of like, these are like niche celebrities. Do you know what I mean? Emma Rogue, the dare niche celebrity. (laughs) Like, (laughs) right. It's, it's, and even Annie Hamilton, which a couple people called about because she's the one who's falling, but had her own like it girl moment earlier this year. And I guess continues right. to have her it girl moment. Sure. Like, I think the part of the fun of this c- cover is that it, the gag is that you're not, the only people who know every person on this list are like the New York magazine editors because they were forced to know everything, you know, like. Right. And I also think some of them probably don't know. And I think most of them probably don't know everyone because it's a collective. It's like, oh, who's Mm -hmm. your fave? Who's your, who's your go-to New Yorker? Who's your person who represents culture? Oh, is it Keith McNally? Oh, is it Sola? Oh, is it Corey Hawkins who's on Broadway? Oh, is it the guy who owns Bonnie's? The, the restaurant. Oh, is it New York Nico on Twitter? It's like, yeah, you know, it's not supposed to be. Yeah. Ev- it's like everyone's New York. Spike Lee right at the bottom waving. You know, like not everyone can be Spike Lee. True New Yorker. Yeah, I know. Julia Fox, you know, the guy, the other guy from Wayne Diamond, who's also from Uncut Gems, right? He's <laughs> yeah, he's right there behind um, them too. Yeah. Right. I love that they're right next to each other. Yeah, Spitzer. You got a lot of people. Lori Simmons, who's uh, Lena Dunham's mom, who's an artist. You know, yeah. uh, Mario Carbone. Yep, he owns Carbone. Bon Sandra Bernhardt, who's former bon lived in the city forever. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, I mean, the the point of this thing is that it's it's a celebration of New York. It's a celebration of like a big city where all these different types of influential culture can exist at the exact same time and. The point is not knowing who everyone is and learning who, who and wanting to know who everyone is and being interested in like other little subsections of the city and, and culture and society, blah, blah, blah. It's like aspirational. And also the fact that you could see like any of these people just walking by you like in the street on the on the crosswalk on the cro- on this crosswalk at any day and time. Yes. Who are your do you have faves? I don't know. I was like, oh, there's Ice Spice. Like I, like some people really stood out for me. I was like, oh, Ice Spice. My faves are 
kind of the well obviously ice spice i like that she has kind of her own area she's sort of fully unobscured right there and it's very notable because she's so unobscured my other faves are leave schreiber who's kind of staring right at the camera the people who are staring right at the camera i'm really into like Z-Way and Spike Lee also do that. So does Chuck Schumer. I think that's really funny. But unfortunately, the fave is kind of Annie Hamilton for falling. Because there were a lot of questions where it's just like, my fave at least. I like that people were like, is she a random person who fell? Or is she an actual famous person? Oh, no. fuck. I forgot. My uh, my other favorite is Sandra Bernhard, she, who I'm not even sure if she knew she was on this list. You know, like, <laughs> Sandra Bernhard may have just coincidentally wandered into a New York Magazine I mean, shoot based I on this I doubt cover. it, but sure. You're right. <laughs> no, I know. She I know, could I know. have. She literally yeah. could have. Did you see, Mar I see Michael R. Jackson, who wrote um, A Strange Loop, who's on here. I love the amount of, like, restaurateurs. It's just so funny. It's so New York to have, like, oh, Jean-Georges. Literally Jean-Georges oh, is um, there. Oh, I already mentioned him, but Carbone guy. Oh, mm -hmm. there's a... Uh... Keith McNally is there. Right, 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 right. But it's a great cover. Congrats to New York Magazine. Yeah. My main question, though, is... Where were the VIP list girlies when all this was going down? They're not Why aren't they recognizable on in the slightest. Only their voices. If it was an audio, if it was an audio feature, then they'd be at the top. Okay. Well, that takes us to our next call. Who Weekly is brought to you by Squarespace. As usual, we love Squarespace. We love Squarespace. It's the only way we will ever have a website. <laughs> Is Squarespace. You're right. Because it's easy. Because I can update it very fast when things go crazy with tour announcing, which we might have to do relatively soon. Might? Uh, Might? Uh, 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 uh. You said, we just came and saw you. I said, well, this is a, this is a 365 podcast. We're planning ahead. Everyone's, everyone's doing live shows these days. So all the venues are getting booked up. So we have to book our tour, which is far away pretty soon. But we already know we already know the dates. We're ready to update the website on Squarespace. And we also already know how to put them on the website, which is like half the battle because it's Squarespace. Exactly. And we've done this for a long time and it's very, very easy. We love Squarespace because it's very easy to update things. We love Squarespace because we have a contact form, which is the way most people get in touch with us. Even though we have a very easy to remember email address, which is what's read up to at gmail.com, people would prefer to just use the contact form on Squarespace because Squarespace is easy. And on our website, it's easy to find our press clippings. It's easy to find embeds of the podcast. It's easy to find anything you need to know about our podcast. So go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your website, go to squarespace.com slash who to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. Springtime vibes are in the air. And when I bring in some beautiful flowers that are blooming, I want to smell them, not the litter box. And I can't, thanks to Pretty Litter. I'm gonna correct this ad because I didn't bring any flowers in, but you know what I did cook yesterday? A big pot of beans. It smelled delicious in my apartment. It smelled like all the yummy stuff I was cooking. And it didn't smell like cat poo-poo or cat pee-pee because I used Pretty Litter. You're saying springtime vibes are in the air. And when I cook a big pot of beans, <laughs> I'd rather I want to smell beans. them, yes. not the litter box. I'd rather okay, smell beans great. than flour. I'm trying to personalize it. I don't think it. Pretty Litter would mind you correcting their intro with your own personal endorsement, which is yes. that you want to smell your beans. Yes. Delicious, fragrant beans with bay leaves and garlic and onion. This is all to say that nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odor. It's ultra absorbent, it's lightweight, it's low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. So I know that when people come over to my apartment, they're going to be smelling whatever I'm cooking, whatever's in the air, you know, like whatever candle I lit. They're not going to smell what's in the litter box because it soaks it all up. Plus, the crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illness in my cat, like UTIs, kidney issues, and more. So when the colors change, you can tell your vet what happened so they know what to look for. And if that wasn't enough, 
Pretty Litter ships free right to my door. I never run out. I don't have kitty litter bags taking up a lot of space in my little apartment. Go to prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. Prettylitter.com slash who. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, BLT. Long time, long time. Um, So something in the cursed discussion of... uh my unorthodox life led me to watching it and i i know you both said i think that you weren't going to watch it but the vip list girlies are on it what's weird is they're never named as the vip list girlies so i'm wondering why they never got to have their little moment with their little plug uh very strange. Crunch, crunch. Wait, I haven't watched this. You watch this? Oh my god, I'm yawning I while I'm talking. <laughs> Did you? You watch this? They didn't t- call them the VIP. They just called them like Jessica and Sarah or something. It's like it's like Audrey and whatever the other one's name is. What are their names? Um, I don't know. It could literally be like it's Sally Audrey. And- it's Audrey and Megan. And remember, it's Megan spelled M A E G H A N, where it's like really Lauren. Megan. Like it's like Megan. as Megan as you can get. Megan. Um. Okay, so Megan Audrey and Megan, and Audrey right? Are they're just called are my friends. Bacheva. Yes, yeah, she says my friends. My friends that we met on TikTok. We I have the clips TikTok. here. We met on TikTok, okay. and okay, listen to these. These are the two clips where you can really, you can really hear the the VIP list girlies coming in. The nichest New York celebrity. This is like the even nicher than any of those people on that list is like the VIP list girls. It is just so strange and disorienting to hear these voices. Not be somewhere saying, like, else. Father's are is me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Here it is. Listen. I met Megan and Audrey through TikTok, and they always do like food reviews and hospitality. Do we even have to mention the froyo at Forty Carrots? Like, where else can you wear a ten thousand dollar jacket to eat eight dollar froyo? Go cry about it. And they're amazing girlfriends. So, how is your mom doing? It's been like really shitty. Just like. It's just been really crazy. Can't even imagine how hard that is. She's got this. She's too much of a powerhouse to like take her down. To let that disrupt anything. Yeah, no, no, like, no. She's come so far, like, there's no shot. This yeah. is breaking her. Yeah. No, I'm with you. <laughs> the voice coming in and being like, I think size does matter. It's just so perfectly I love VIP list girly. I, I love their I'm voices. obsessed with her. I'm obsessed that Okay, they, but they, they do call the they play a clip from their TikTok which has their logo on it. It says their TikTok it, name. It doesn't have the logo on it. That's what I'm saying. The caller is How do you know? Lo- because it I doesn't? watched the episode. No, it doesn't have the logo on it. It does they never call them the VIP list girlies. I don't understand why that is the case mm. either like what mm. what could the rationale behind that be unless they just didn't want it there you know well, it's weird that you would see the clip and be like i gotta go find these girlies on tiktok <laughs> seems like they're doing great work um hi Lindsay and bobby this tweet just came down my timeline uh it says laura ingles wilder is losing a quote wisconsin celebrities celebrities unquote bracket to a youtuber named donkey so it says laura ingles wilder is the author of Little House on the Prairie, which is said to be based on her childhood in Pepping County during pioneer times. Video game Dunkey, or just Dunkey for short, is a wildly popular video game YouTuber who has called Milwaukee and Madison home. Um, but yeah, Learning with Father got 19% of the vote there, and Dunkey got 80 Um 
This is on MilwaukeeRecord.com. Anyway, Lauren goes wilder is the them, right? Um, who's Dunky? Crunch Crunch. Okay, I have two things to say about this. <laughs> you have two things to say? Tell me. Lay it on me. I cannot believe that people, multiple people are calling about this and trusting an online poll to give you the truth between a YouTuber and a write, and a and a writer who's not even alive anymore. <laughs> a writer who wrote books in the 1930s. Who died? Who died? Who literally years died? Ago? Yeah. You're telling years me ago? you don't believe that an internet poll would favor an a YouTuber over a writer of books, children's books published between <laughs> 1932 and 1943. We need to have our brains checked collectively. People were shocked by this. Are you People were really shocked gagged by this? this? Second of all, <laughs> another thing I have to say about this. This is going to be controversial. Okay. Okay, go ready? on. Yeah. I grew up on uh-huh. Laura Ingalls Wilder. I've read all her books. She's mm-hmm. fab. Okay, love her. She's fab. I've okay. watched all of Dunkey's videos. <laughs> I know you didn't expect that. It came from left field. You're like Lindsay. How do you even know about Dunkey? I'm like, don't worry about it. I gotta say, these two in my mind, in terms of the culture and the enjoyment oh, no. they've given me in my life, neck and neck, neck and neck. You watch Dunkey videos? Are you pulling my leg right now? I fucking love Dunkey. Are you kidding? I'm like sending Fran Dunkey videos being like, you see this one? Fran, you see this one? No way. You watch Dunkey videos? Yes! Uh, I love that. Yes. I mean, I knew you were I, I knew you were a Dunkey. video game girly, but I didn't know that you were yeah, a but Dunkey. You don't need fan. to really you don't really need to be a video game obsessive to enjoy Dunkey. Like he's his own I watched a video where Dunkey got married for some reason. I was like, oh, sweet, sweet for Dunkey. <laughs> because Dunkey is, we're making Dunkey seem like he's like this 18-year-old video game blogger. No, he's in his 30s. He's, he's, he's like, like been online forever. Yeah. He makes he makes video game like, it's like video game commentary, video game comedy, video game playthroughs, video game like. Death Stranding is one of the most disappointing video games I have ever played. The gameplay is walking. You put some packages on your back and you walk them from point A to point B. Now, what I think they were going for was to transform walking into gameplay, similar to how Zelda turned climbing into a fun mechanic. Sometimes the game says hit the trigger button to balance yourself. Sometimes you just fall over for no reason. Sometimes you shitty muck people grab your leg and you have to hit the square button to shake them off. Sometimes you fall over in a river and lose your packages. Sometimes you fall over in a river and lose your packages and then the shitty muck people start grabbing at you but the square button doesn't work so they drag you 100 yards away from your packages. Sometimes you have to deliver a bomb and if you fall down or hit a bump too hard it will blow up and you have to do it all over again. The obstacles you face in Death Stranding are ones of mild inconvenience. I would say they should be more neck and neck. The 80-20 thing is just like straight up rude to Laura who has given us a lot but I will say that these two the matchup more is neck almost neck too now. the matchup is like almost like making me feel crazy because I do feel like both of them have given me a lot of joy in a, in the mm-hmm. sense where I would like I would be like it'd be hard for me to choose yeah well right now at the time Dunkey was winning 80% to 19% 80.5 to 19.5. Yeah. Currently, Dunkey is winning 53% to 46%. So, so the Laura Engel Wilders fans saw this on Twitter and got, were like outraged. So they like went to the website to vote. And they were whatever. like, what? They didn't say what the fuck. They said, what the F? What yeah, the they said, F? Pa would never stand for this. <laughs> they said, they said, Pa would shoot Go someone. get Pa. Pa would tie Dunkey up. You know, like Pa would... Pa would have. And Dunkey no, would kidding. like it. Pa would not. No, Pa would not. Pa's a good Christian man. He would never resort to violence okay. unless his family was being threatened. Laura Ingalls Wilder, who are them? I don't know. I think she's like them writer. Like that's a huge. She's like yeah. She's 
taught in schools, right? Like you, yeah, you know, writer. Little House and Little House on the Prairie is one of the most what famous TV shows of all time too, uh, which was adapted from her, her books. books. Yeah. I think children are still reading the little the Little House on the Prairie books. I was I was for in a, sure uh, for sure I was in a bookstore in the children's section of the bookstore recently looking for something for my nephews, and I saw like new editions of them, and I was like, oh. Cool, of course. Like, and I was sort of like surprised to see like pretty new copies of Little House in the Prairie books. But I was like, well, of course, kids are still reading these. Like, yeah. they're kind of one of the only, more than just being like children's literature. Like, they're kind of one of the only and most exhaustive documents of like family life in this part of America at right, this right, particular right. time. Of you course. know, like yes. Cool, no, great. we've all played. Um, you know, uh, what's that game where you go on the New Oregon Trail? Yeah, we've all played that. Lindsay, oh, uh, I meant to tell you, you would love the Oregon Trail that just came out on Switch. There's an Oregon Trail on Switch? Yeah, they redid it. And I played it on my iPhone. Is it good? Um, it's really good. It, like, okay. takes a long time. It's, like, it's like way more complex. It's okay, good. great. I'm down. You'd really, Obviously, really I'm like down. It. They just we didn't even do, it Switch, like it. We didn't even do the thing that we normally do, which is start with, where is this even from? It's from the Milwaukee Record, which I guess is yes. a website is <laughs> that's what's so funny it's like everyone's getting so mad about this poll but no one's like what is this from okay it's from a local newspaper website milwaukee record it's... they're doing a bracket of uh wisconsin born celebrities you know we have everyone yep. from liberace to tony shalhoub uh-huh i mm-hmm. think the milwaukee record is kind of their like um for, for Free weekly, you know, it's like it's sort of right, like I think I it's assume. like their tabloid. I think it's very village oh voicey, you know. So they very, have like, a bunch of people. I'm dying. You, uh, whoever put the uh, famous birthdays born in Wisconsin grid Timmy. at the bottom is this is like a true show of like, <laughs> okay, you're mad at Dunkey beating out Laura Ingalls Wilder. Well, let me tell you who's number one on celebrities born in Wisconsin on famous birthdays. That's right, Paris Barilk. 23 TV actress. And guess who's number two? That's right. Ava Max. She was born Ava in Wisconsin. Max. She was born uh-huh. in Wisconsin. Looks like it. Madden, Madeline, Madden, I don't know. Madeline, Madeline Bailey. Madeline Bailey. Connor Franta. Strangely. These are all like internet people, of course. Jackson. Connor Franta's 30 years old at this point. Oh my God. Connor Franta's in his Jackson 30s. Jackson Krikoich, Bailey Detrick. Talia Jackson, then Mark Ruffalo coming in at eight, then Turksy <laughs> Mattel coming in at nine, and then uh, a bunch of it's other. Kind of no one JJ, famous until you get to JJ, JJ Watt. Watt at twelve. Number and then... sixteen is great though. YouTuber, 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 TikToker, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> so the other, I went to the poll from the website Milwaukee Record. Also, the reason this went viral is because of someone on Twitter named. Yeah, it's just somebody on Twitter like, at Sabla. Said Laura Ingalls Wilder is losing a Wisconsin celebrities bracket to a YouTuber named Dunkey. Yes. I I encourage you, Twitter user, to go check out a few Dunkey video. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. The other polls that are happening on this Milwaukee re- Record website, the it's currently in round one. It's a whole tournament, so like this is going to go on for a while. We had Danica oh. Patrick versus Latell, Latrell Sprewell. Danica Patrick was winning. Liberace sure. versus Skylar Gray. Liberace winning by a landslide, which kills me. Sure. Like, good for Liberace. Tony Shalhoub versus Rachel Brosnahan made me spit up my drink. Tony Shalhoub well, versus they, Rachel you Brosnahan. Well, know, co-stars, but it's also we love Shalhoub. It's going to be Tony's Shalhoub. winning 75% to 25%. Then we have Mark Ruffalo versus Tyne Daly. Just Rude. wiping the floor with Tyne Daly. Just Rude absolutely to Rude to just wrecking her. 88% versus 11%. Willem Rude Dafoe versus Tyne. Bradley Whitford. Good for Willem Dafoe. What for about Tyne's brother? Whitford. 
is he not involved in this? He was born in Wisconsin, He wasn't on the too. list. He wasn't okay. as important. And then Fine. we had Trixie McKell versus Candace Michelle, and Trixie's winning 81 to 18. Okay, great. I don't know, think we need to give any more time to this online poll. <laughs> Let's move on. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. Who is Charlotte Casaragi? Crunch, crunch. This was kind of a short, I was short and sweet, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Who is this person? I was like, did something okay. happen with Charlotte Kasharagi? Well, that's what is kind of, sometimes it's like you, you have to like, like, who's the person, but also why are they calling about them? And then yes. you're kind of like, you like, you kind of have to pinpoint it. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Kasaragi is better known as Grace Kelly's granddaughter. Like, I think that that's her kind of like, that's what people that's why people care or know about her, right? She's Grace like of in Monaco, the, yes. She's in like the Monaco lineage, the like royal lineage, and she is kind of now the like chic representative of like the princes and the princes and princesses of Monaco, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like yeah, that makes her sense. bio is like model, socialite, writer, editor, equestrian, journalist, film producer, and humanitarian. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's like just a very rich person. She's the daughter of Caroline, the princess of Hanover. Quand remonte cette relation, c'est presque comme si j'étais née avec Chanel. Je pense à des photos ma maman qui était enceinte de moi, magnifique photo de Karl, elle portait du Chanel. Et plus récemment pour mon mariage, où j'ai porté une des dernières robes de Karl de sa collection de couture et c'est Virginie qui avait repris la robe pendant les essayages et donc ça ça symbolisait pour moi vraiment ce passage de Karl à Virginie. And like you know, Monaco's like the size of a penny, you know, it's like not it's like not really. So you know she lives there but she has a pied-à-terre in Paris and of she's usually course. in Paris, but she lives around right. the world because she's rich and a model and glamorous, right. you know. And she's written about in ta- in town and country for That's literally being for sure. like glamorous uh, even though literally she's just she like of course she's glamorous she's like extremely wealthy and like from a royal family that's like irrelevant and there's and there's something extremely extremely elegant and glamorous about the connection to grace kelly who is sort of unparalleled when it comes to mid-century hollywood glamour you know like it's yes and and grace I mean, I know her name is Grace, but like that sort of thing, like her but story captivated people. But also kind of like that crossover people. between like royals outside of the countries in which they're royals in so rarely get that attention, like Princess Di or whatever. And she probably got it because of her, the many mm-hmm. things that she did as well as her uh, untimely death. It's like Grace, because of the way that she became princess and kind of her life, like had an international stardom that was beyond even like where she quote unquote ruled as royalty right because mm. arguably that didn't matter right it just was more of a of a show and she's married uh, to some like kind of hunk they've she's married, married for a few to years. a film producer she her ex this is interesting so her she got married in 2019 to this that guy, guy Dimitri Rossum and he is a film producer who's french his mother was a bond girl carol bouquet she was a uh, melina havelock in For Your Eyes Only in 1981. And so he is also kind of from this like film world. And they mm-hmm. have a kid. And then she also has a kid with her ex-husband, who's this guy named God Elmala. And I've heard of him because he's like one of the most famous comedians in France. This is random. But he was on this, speaking of This American Life, he was on a This American Life segment a million years ago about like, he like came oh. to America and was trying to like have a career as like a comedian in America, but he's French. So they did this entire segment very interesting about like the difference between French and American comedy and like how he was like learning English and learning like that he couldn't say certain things because like they didn't translate well and da 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 and like very interesting. I 
recommend you check it out. But he's like, he was on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee because Seinfeld like loves him. We think that you invented things that you think is French. Give me an example of that. When I was doing some work in my house in Los Angeles, the guy came and said, what, what we should do is to put some French doors. French doors. And I looked at these doors, and I've never seen that in, in my entire life in France. It's a window that you open like a door and you walk out. And that way you look French. Right? You look French. Did you, oh my God, thank God, for I, I took French for six years. I can read that This American Life title. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be here all week. Yeah. I'll be here all week. Oh. But it, that. But you know what? I don't even think that translates. I think you're reading it and your American mind says, Oh, that means I'll be here all week. But like maybe in French, like, that doesn't translation mean anything. Is like, I am I'm here, here all, all week. week. I yeah. am here all week. I think a French person would say, why would, why are you saying it like that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the funniest thing, which has nothing to do with um, Princess Grace's granddaughter at all, is that this very, very famous French comedian who's called the Jerry Seinfeld of France recently converted to Catholicism. I just thought that was really funny. Like, <laughs> like as like a kicker to this whole story, there's literally Wait. nothing else to say converted to catholicism from judaism or something else yes. like specifically no, from judaism, Judea- from judaism. Oh, that's so funny and everybody was like um okay oh my god it's giving in her shoes i know it's really okay we can move on there's really nothing else sorry like charlotte is not that interesting i just liked the journey that it took me on and i thought you might enjoy it too okay i did enjoy it thank you thank you for doing yeah. that hi lindy bobby i just went to see um the uh, Hugh Jackman, <laughs> um, a musical, music band musical with my husband and <laughs> my, uh, husband's Nana. And uh, they were doing the Broadway Cares thing where they like auction off something. And Hugh Jackman was auctioning off this hat and someone bid on the hat for $15,000. And apparently it was a gentleman named Michael Weatherly from CIS. And my my husband's Nana was like, oh, my God, this is the most exciting thing. I want a picture of Michael Weatherly. And I've literally never heard of this person in my entire life. And I was just wondering, like, is, like, Michael Weatherly, I don't think, I don't know. Is he a who? Or, like, do me, does me not knowing him not make him a who? Or am I stupid because everyone knows him? I don't know. I don't know if he's worth anything. I don't know. <laughs> but... It wasn't wasn't experience. Hey, okay. Okay, I have some good and bad news. Well, first of all, the N- the NCIS guy should be able to spend more than fifty. I think he could afford more than fifteen thousand dollars on that hat. Nicole Kidman paid a hundred. Bull. Paid hundred. Bull. And NCIS. What is what is? Oh, he was on NCIS too. Oh God, yes. he was. What is yeah. the um? What is the video of her? She just goes one hundred. One hundred. She like strolls down the aisle. Oh, Unbelievable woman. Okay. Just well, this guy. Woman. I have some bad news for you. You don't yeah. have to share this with your nana, but unfortunately, nana's problematic for standing Michael Weatherly. <laughs> nana needs to check her standums. Nana, do one Google. Nana, first learn how to use Google and then do one of them because Michael Weatherly is not someone you should be standing. Asking Nana to do one Google is like more than even, like is a lot more than your 
asking of mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. somebody else, you know? We don't need, Nana doesn't have to, it's not Nana's responsibility to know these things, but if you want to tell her, It's not, but as somebody her. who also forgot this name, like flew out of my head, like whipped it out of the window, Googled this mm -hmm. name and immediately was like, oh, fuck this guy. I had mm -hmm. forgotten he was the guy who was accused of sexual harassment by Eliza Dushku on the mm -hmm. set of Bull. Remember that? Of course remember I remember that? that. Nana? Of course okay. I remember that. I'm, I'm, I'm not expecting Nana to know this, and I'm sorry for calling your Nana problematic, but I, I had forgotten, like, this name should ring bells immediately for me when I see it, mm -hmm. and it didn't. So I Googled mm -hmm. it, and I remembered. She literally testified to, the, to Congress over it because she was fired in retribution after she said he had sexually harassed her, and it went into super detail about, like, all this weird shit that he did, and it was rude and gross, and fuck him forever. And yeah, notice and he he's, still on t he's still on TV. Yeah, the show only recently got canceled. You know, like the show the show survived and he survived with it throughout the Eliza Dushku stuff. The yeah. Eliza Dushku accusation. And I was reading uh, before I came across where he where I remembered him from. They were like, is Michael Weatherly coming back to NCIS? And it's like, mm -hmm. fuck that. So the thing about his Wikipedia that makes me laugh and um, is just so it's just like a perfect like, I don't know, or at least a perfect kind of encapsulation of what quote unquote I don't know cancel culture actually does to like straight white guys because you have personal life and it talks about you know his wife and people he's been with and you know a, an actress whom he's the uncle to or whatever and then it says three paragraphs under the next subhead sexual harassment and then after that philanthropy and then he gets a little paragraph on his philanthropy work. And it's just like, okay. And guess guess what? You check all of the um, citations for the philanthropy stories. And they're all from 2021, 2022. You know, like, guess when he started his philanthropy work? I wonder. Right. He's spending right. $15,000 on a fucking hat. On a fucking hat worn by Hugh Jackman. Yucking it up with, like, old ladies in the audience, you know? Oh, Michael Weatherly is God. fine. Don't Ugh. tell Eliza Dushku. I hate this. Okay, um, moving let's on. Let's move on. Hey, Weekly. Uh, long time, long time. Um, I'm calling because uh, last week uh, the Callisto Protocol came out, and um, that's a video game that stars apparently Josh Duhamel. Um, and it got me wondering, is fronting a video game potential franchise a hooey move, or is it sort of a demi? Um, and then, especially considering that... Uh, I only learned that Josh Duhamel was the lead of the game once I started playing it. Um, whereas with games like Cyberpunk, uh, with Keanu Reeves and Death Stranding with Norman Reedus and Mad Mickelson, uh, they were all huge parts of the advertising campaign. Um, so it doesn't mean that they didn't really push Josh Duhamel. Uh, you know, crunch crunch. Um, Lindsay belongs in a regal Essex with her bush. Goodbye. <laughs> I think it means Josh Demel is a I who. Do. I think it means the video game companies know that he's a who. Because what? I have I had you, the exact what? same experience with this. But I think the video games companies would just hire random people if they thought they weren't getting the added value of a celebrity that's recognizable. What what's the point otherwise? Like they want that like zhuzh of like a face or a voice that like people maybe would know. They're not like hiring Josh for his like skill and talent. They there's plenty of like talented people that would be a lot less money than him. Right? They want cinematic luster, but the caller is spot on. They didn't put him in any of the marketing materials that I saw. And I've been following this game for like a little bit because I was like, well, oh, that's our friend Jeff was like, just, I want to play it. That's just dumb. I never that's knew that dumb. bitch was in this game until I read a review of it. And I was like, I, 
I've like watched trailers. I've looked at the box. I've talked to our friend Jeff about it because he was really excited. And then I was like, by the time I was watching the review, I was like, mm, maybe this game isn't for me. Actually, I'm not going to play it. The Wait a Callisto second. Is that Protocol. Josh Dumel? And it was. It's not like killing aliens in space. I'm just like, I don't need to deal with that. Well, but, you know, we've talked about this before because I was obsessed with that one video game where Hayden Panettiere and Rami Malek, I was trying to prevent them from each from being killed. And mm -hmm. I kept being like trying to save each of them. And then I was just like fucking myself because they kept dying. And I was like, oh, yeah, I need to stop focusing on the celebrities. Well, they those games really leaned into the fact that they were star studded. Right. You know, like, That's what even I, the ones, Yes. Even yes. the ones where the stars were less exciting, like um, what's her name from what's her name from High School Musical? Sharpay, what's her name? Ashley Tisdale. Ashley Tisdale. The one with Ashley Tisdale also kind of led with, oh, can you believe Ashley Tisdale is in this game? I know. I, I knew that before going into it. I didn't know that about Callisto so, Protocol. Jesse Buckley is fronting the new but, Until Dawn one. Okay, but listen, do you think that it's just a hiccup, though? Like, it's just a matter of their marketing not being good versus this, like, general rule about, like, it not being? Because I do think that these actors are cast for... Like recognition I think because so otherwise too. it's a waste of money. I, I think at, so too. I will too. say Jesse Buckley, unrecognizable here though. Come on. I think so too, but I think that there's something in the like... What is this? Like Looks Norman scary. Reedus I is game. I think arguably more famous than Josh... I mean uh, like easily more famous than Josh Demel. Like so is fucking Mads Mikkelsen. So is Keanu Reeves. The Keanu Reeves being in Cyberpunk 2077 was like a huge get and a huge like surprise for people. But I think typically for the Josh Dumals and the Jesse Buckleys and the like Rami Maleks and the who else is in one um Kristen Bell's in one of them in like Assassin's Creed I think it's just for it's just for overall sheen it's for overall prestige they don't have to lean right. with it you know right. well I also think that they're showing off the skill in the rendering of like making some putting somebody in a video game like I think that's also kind of like a little bit of a flex no mm -hmm. you know like mm -hmm. the the kind of like look how familiar this person look it actually looks like them like that actually yeah. is a really good rendering of them I also think it's like they want to hire actors because it gives them prestige they want to hire actors because they do have the budget video games are expensive and it's like why not hire an actor but I think it, it comes down to marketing because you look at the ones where they lead with the people. It's like Norman Reedus. They lead with him for the Death Stranding game, the one that you were talking about earlier, because Norman Reedus is the star of one of the biggest shows in the world, The Walking Dead. And The Walking Dead probably has a lot of overlap with people who play like games like that, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Josh DeMaul, I don't know that his fan base necessarily overlaps with the people who are shooting aliens in space. Same thing with Jesse Buckley. You know, like... It, it adds a sheen, but it doesn't necessarily add a draw because a certain type of person is going to buy these games regardless of a celebrity being in them. But I think the celebrity sort of just a nice surprise. But they are trying, but they're always trying to draw in new people, right? So they're always trying to, you know. Yeah, and I, I, and I just think yeah. video game marketing, though, is just so, I think, just so much more complex and, and interesting mm -hmm. because it's like, the barrier to entry is high. It's like, oh, I'm a Josh okay. Gamal fan, but I like am I going to buy list. a PlayStation 5? <laughs> I like this list that you have that has some of the standouts like over the past, what, few years of yeah, like, few years. stars. Like, I didn't know that Kevin Spacey is in a Call of Duty. Ugh. Yeah. Really? That's yeah. nuts. He plays like, he's... He's like a president or something. He's like a, of course like he a is. political figure. Of yeah. course he is. Kristen Bell is in Assassin's Creed. 
Mm-hmm. What? I will say in terms of actors, it's not who, in a way, it's not hooey because even though we're like Ashley Tisdale, it, it literally, do you know how much money they make off this shit? Like video games make so much money. Like they really are being paid well for this. Although I think it's probably more work to do modern video games than it was just to do like, let's say you get in the booth and you do a voice. Now you have to get like hooked up for motion capture. Like there's just so much more involved. I think it's interesting because like you don't, the, the marketing for these games is not relying on the star power. I think like eight times out of 10. And I think it kind of makes sense, you know? Then, like, yeah, they and really... it's like, okay, well, then I guess they're hiring hiring Willem Dafoe for his skills in Beyond Two Souls. The other thing is, I also think, like, they're saying, we want really good actors. If we're going to really do a good job That's motion, motion capturing, yeah, then I you think need actors. we want somebody who's really, really good. We're not just going to settle for someone who is a video game, a normal video game actor. We want to get, like, a Oscar-winning performance, maybe, or at least try to. Like, this is really stupid. I, I That might be the who to them jump of yes. the usage of people. Yeah. I don't mean to what? get into um, video games, get like, in. too deeply. But get I was in. playing, like, like a game that I didn't really like recently okay. was Far Cry 6. I play all the Far Cry games. But the villain of Far Cry 6 was fucking Giancarlo Esposito. And mm, so he's, a, good, he's they, a great villain. He's a great villain. Too. And so even though the game Breaking isn't great, bad. like they led with him being, they put him in all the marketing. Cause it was like, you know, this guy is great on TV. Like, you know him from all of these shows and movies. Like you want to play a game where he is the villain and they led with it. But then like with the God, I'm playing the new God of war right now. The new lead character has this very distinct, like booming, bassy, throaty, intimidating voice. And they cast him not i think maybe like 20 years ago they could have just cast someone like a voice actor with a big amazing voice like that but for this new one he has to perform and it's all motion capture so the guy who plays him is someone named oh god i want to get it right it's an actor named christopher judge who is like Mm -hmm. a sci-fi actor who was like on stargate and stuff like that you know like He's been in tons of video games. And it's just like they need people who can do the physicality as well who are actually good actors. And that's why I think the Jesse Buckleys and the Josh Demals are coming in. It truly is almost more about the talent than it is about the name, although they're probably about like half and half. I think what is changing is that you have like an Ashley Tisdale that like feels hooey and then you're like video games are saying we're actually better at now using the skills of an actor and we yes Yes. while we respect Ashley Tisdale's talent and skill we actually want something more like Meryl Streep because we're able to really use her and so maybe Meryl Streep will be in a video game because it's like okay well she's an amazing actress and we want that okay uh let's play some rapid fire questions Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I, okay, was just on Instagram and I saw a flyer for Jill Scott's new tour. Um, and it's called the Who Is Jill Scott Tour, which feels like, like she's showing herself in the title of the tour. But it's just like, I personally didn't think she was a who. I thought she was a them, but maybe I'm coming from like a bubble in which Jill Scott is a them. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I just, Please look okay. Like, is she a who? Like, should she be calling her tour the Who Is Jill Scott tour? That just feels feels like an unnecessary self hooing to me. I don't know. I thought she was with them. Crunch, crunch. I'm so disappointed in this caller. This caller who purports to be a Jill Scott fan should know that Jill Scott's first album is called Who Is Jill Scott. Like, it's been <laughs> it's been the Jill Scott gag since time immemorial. Okay, like Jill Scott. 
Jill Scott's like that is how that is how she I introduced know. herself to the culture with an album called yeah. Who Is Jill Scott with like one yeah. million great songs on it right love that so yeah. she's just throwing it back and I think that Jill Scott though is Jill Scott still a who or a them one two three them them I think yeah. Jill Scott's still a them I think so um I think that uh, so she was just throwing it back. She was saying, she's like, "Remember it back. my first album." Yes, of course, love it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Let's take a short walk to the next call. Does Ari Lennox know Annie Lennox? And does Annie Lennox know Ari Lennox? Goodbye. For the first question, I wanted to look it up because I do feel like that's a question. Like sometimes you want to look these up and sometimes it's not. It's more fun to not. But it's like, mm-hmm. does Ari Lennox know like that her name sounds like Annie Lennox? And the answer is yes, she does now because mm-hmm. she named herself after a character from The Secret Garden, which I love, Mary Lennox. And then her dad was like, oh, you know, like you have the same name as Annie Lennox, like Annie Lennox, the Eurythmics girly. And she was like, well, I wasn't familiar, but now I am. So that's that answer. (laughs) That's a very easy answer to find out. But the hard answer is, does Annie Lennox know who Ari Lennox is? Ari Lennox being like a younger, uh, she's like an R&B singer. I just saw her on the Soul Train Awards, I'm pretty sure, singing. But the question is, would Annie Lennox know who Ari Lennox is? Does Annie Lennox keep up with like new music is the question, really. I feel like a new singer who has your basically exact name, you would know. And I also just read something, and maybe this is a really stupid thought process, but I just read that the Eurythmics are going to tour again. You know, like the Eurythmics really? are going to like try to return back into to, wow. to, to broader relevancy. And I kind of think that that means that you're paying attention to something, right? Like you may be a little more cognizant of trends and contemporary pop culture. Also, she performed at the ear. She's performing at the Earshot Prize Ceremony, which is the one that um, isn't that where the Prince William yeah. she performed at that with Billie yeah. Eilish and yeah. Chloe and Halle and Phineas. So Annie Lennox is like amongst the young people. She's like in the culture, right? She's like performing she's alongside Billie thinker. Eilish. Yeah, so I think she might know who Ari Lennox is. Who to them? Cotton Eye Joe, Trader Joe, Average Joe. Sloppy Joe. Thanks. Okay, we're who to theming. We're ending the. We're ending. <laughs> we're I this episode. Who to theming? Cotton Eye Joe, Trader Joe, Average Joe, and Sloppy Joe. Okay, so some of these are phrases. Some of these are things. Some of these are brands. Some of these are no people. Okay. No people. Okay, the themiest <laughs> here is Average Joe. Like just My the phrase problem Average is Joe. So many of them. So many of these things are. The same? Wildly popular and like the exact same amount of popular. I think the hooiest thing though is Trader Joe. Because I think Trader Joe is regional. And all these other things are sort of ubiquitous. Barely edged out by Cotton Eye Joe. Oh, barely edged out by Cotton Eye Joe. Like I would say Trader Joe and Cotton Eye Joe are like neck and neck for the bottom for the Mm hooiest of this list. Okay. And then we go Sloppy Joe, Average Joe. Sloppy Joe, Joe, Average Joe. Because Average Joe is just like, okay, like Joe Schmo. Average Joe. Yeah. Don't you dare add okay. Joe Schmo to the list. We're not adding Joe Schmo well, to the list. Well, Average Joe it's is Joe Schmo. It's Cotton Eye Joe. Joe we go Trader Joe, Cotton Eye Joe, Sloppy yes. Joe, Average Joe. Um, so we've done it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There. We've done it. We have. Keep what calling is it? in. I don't know. 
I don't know. Keep calling in at 619 who then to leave questions, comments, and concerns. Thank you to Katie and Eric of the Who's for vetting our read a theme song on Tuesdays. Thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant, for researching and editorializing and defining Laura Ingalls Wilder in this document. It, thank you, Timmy. With, like, so thank much you, detail. Thank you, Timmy. Um, and, oh, support us on Patreon.com slash weekly for bonus episodes, uh, Discord server, newsletter, commentaries, all sorts of stuff. You can also get the audio only within the Apple Podcast app. Just click subscribe, and we'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Bye. See ya. Bye. You will Yeah. Yeah. They want to know. Hello, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. Um, I just wanted to let y'all know, this is literally nothing, but you were talking about how Lori Harvey used to be engaged to some dude on the um, Netherlands national team, and... I just started watching Too Hot to Handle because, yes, that is the only dating show. Oh, my God. Isla. I'm sorry. That was my dog, Isla. Yes. Iconically named after the Isla Fisher. Anyway, um, wow. Sorry about this call. Anyway, now that I'm thinking about it, this is so stupid. But one of the tips on Too Hot to Handle was like, oh, my dream guy is Michael B. Jordan. And where is she from? The Netherlands. Um, yeah, this was dumb. My God, love you, crunch, crunch. Including Lewis and Joan Hart, because why not? Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy, long time, long time. I had to pause the pod to let you know that over the Thanksgiving holiday, my parents were staying with us, and I have a screener of the Fablemans, and they watched about, like, 30 minutes of it, stopped it, and put on uh, Three Wise Men and a Baby. Is that what it's called? My mom really likes um, Christmas movies and the Hallmark channels. So, Fableman Who, Three Wise Men and a Baby, Them. Lindsay Podcaster, Crunch Crunch. <laughs>